Welcome back, folks, to Bits One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, an armchair manager boy and a practicing singleton, Dan Masters, with my good friend, the East Ken Egon Spengler, and a man who will soon have spider powers. Will every human, Will, how do uh, Very well, thank you, Dan. Very well. Very well. My, uh, my brush with a radioactive spider is subsiding unfortunately no oh no uh no extra symptoms no legs growing out no i can't up up and away web but Damn i'm it. recovering which is the most important what's the point bit. what's the point of even getting bit by a spider unless that can happen to you fucking don't 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 start mate don't start <laughs> it's I'm, so nuts i'm already i didn't even know i didn't know that was possible in this country it's not like we live in Australia. Like, it's Australia. If we lived in Australia, yeah, I get it. If in Australia, I wants to fight you, fuck you, or feed on you. Yeah, in this country, it's just, oh, it's a spider. Get, I'll get a newspaper and blast it. That's it. But you got bit by one. Yeah, I got fucking bit by one. Like, I, I knew in the back of my head that you could get bitten by spiders over here, but knowing like, oh, it's just just like any other sort of insect bite. It's fucking mental. I went to put on, grabbed a pair of socks out of the drawer. Well, not last night, the night before. Just because I've, you know, I've been wearing shorts and no socks all day, and just got to that point in the evening, I was like, you know what, my toes are getting a bit chilly. Let's put on a pair of socks, treat ourselves. Yeah, fucking put them on. Start walking around, and you know when you put some, like specifically a pair of socks on, and I don't know, maybe there's a little splinter of wood in there or whatever it might. There's something in your sock. Yeah, oh, something, something scratching me on the side. So I go to grab it, like feel what it is, and feel this like massive lump in the side of my sock. And I was like, what the fuck? And then. Feels massive sharp shooting pain, rip my sock off <laughs> as I've ripped it off. A bunch of spider legs and a relatively dis- dismembered oh, spider body dude, fly bleak. out of my fucking it was fucking grim as fuck and it hurt so bad. Um started feeling pain shooting all up. It must have been like one of my major arteries or something with the poison going through. Like just <laughs> working Jesus. its way up. Yeah, mate, it's fucking mental, like had this really deep aching pain in my thigh. I, t- I I tried to get on the phone to one one one, just because I was like, oh, it's not it's not unbearable pain, but like, what if I, what if I brush it off and then it's suddenly like, nah, that's a symptom of you're about to lose your fucking leg, bruv. Um, but then I was on hold with one 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 for so long, I thought, ah, fuck it, I'll be all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just because it wasn't mentioned on. On the NHS website for like spider bites, they're saying like, oh, if you start feeling nauseous and that, like that's fine. But if it starts getting really bad, let us know. But there's no mention of like a pain shooting up your leg or anything like that. Um, fucking hell, that's nuts. Yeah, mate. Fucking and like you say, like, do, do I have to check my fucking socks for spiders now? Is that a fucking thing? Twenty, twenty-eight, nearly twenty-nine fucking years, just putting on socks casually without any problem and. All jokes aside, put on a pair of socks this morning. Didn't wear any yesterday because I'm a fucking coward. Put them on this morning, turned them both inside <laughs> out, shook them. I'm not fucking about with that again. I cannot stress how much it fucking hurt. Worse than a wasp sting, I'd say. Oh, God. A couple of things. Number one, it's a good job we're not in another country because you'd be dead. I mean, like, the fucking oh, spiders in other countries, mate, you would be dead. Like, forget losing me, your life. Me mate, specifically you your life. would be dead. Yeah, without yeah, without yeah. <laughs> you haven't got enough meat on your bones to fight off the uh, the spider bite, have you? That's the issue. That's that's exactly <laughs> it. He's gone straight through. Yeah, it's got he almost bit my, the 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 tell that I'd been bitten by a spider was when my foot was hanging off like fucking Eduardo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just destroyed the bones immediately. 
<laughs> fucking hell. And the second thing is, yeah, mate, mate, that is just, you know what it is? Like, that's one of those things for the rest of your life now. You're going to feel iffy every time you put on a pair of socks that have just been on the floor or something. If you got to it's put fucking... away or... It's nuts. Yeah, I'm, I'm fuming about it. It's, it's the PTSD that that tiny little spider has caused me is uh, unnecessary. I think I, I'm, a the, vi- um... I'm a victim of a hate crime. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a more so than the bite being sore and painful. It's actually a massive invasion of your personal space. I think that's these spiders just got no. They just don't care. It's like it's like being stood at the bus stop and somebody stood right behind you. In a typical British fashion, you just kind of stand there and talk to yourself quietly, thinking, "I should say something to this person," <laughs> and you never do. You never do. You just stand there thinking about it, quietly seething to yourself, and that's what this spider's done to you. He's invaded your personal space. You should go to HR. Is what you should do, really, and see if you can, I don't know, somehow get an injunction against its family or <laughs> some kind of court proceedings or something. Because it's just, you know, it's just offside. At least with like wasps and that, they're quite in your face about like, look, mate, I want to fuck you up. Do you want to let's get you? Know, it's a fair fight. You're going toe to toe with the wasp, yeah. <laughs> the spider. This spider's got me like fucking solid snake. Like, what is it's this? It's true. He's gone fucking. It's true. Yeah. Tactical espionage on me. Yeah, spiders are the spiders are the Jason Bourne of the insect world, aren't they? They're just full on. There's no fucking around. Your wasps are like you're kind of Fast and Furious kind of franchise. They're just in your face, crazy all the time. You, you know what wasps are? Wasps are the chavs that hang around the pubs on a Friday night, and they're just looking for a fight with anybody. They're Begbie from Train Spotting. You want to fucking go? Yes. We'll fucking go. And your wasps are just all over you, in your face, all the time. No, not spiders. They'll fucking sit there like Jason Bourne for three days, not moving, and then go, all right, now. <laughs> and then you're dead. <laughs> Which is a shame, because I've been trying to be a bit more pro-spider in my in my life. You know, like not chucking them out of the house all the time, you know, not not squashing them if you see them and shit like that. And, but this is this is a thanks you get, apparently. I know, yeah. You know what it is? It's the, it's the, it's the age-old story, isn't it? It's the scorpion and the frog. You know, if you don't know it, the scorpion says to the frog, oh, can you take me across the river? And the frog says, well, no, because if you get on my back and I, you're, you're going to sting me. And the scorpion goes, why would I do that? If you do that, we'll both die. Halfway across, the scorpion stings the frog. And the frog goes, why did you do that? And he goes, well, I'm a scorpion. What do you think I was going to do? <laughs> so <laughs> it's that. This is the this is your gratitude for being good. I'm, I'm pro spider to a point because I'm more annoyed by flies than spiders. Yes. Like I... I used to be terrified of spiders when I was a kid. I mean, petrified to the like, you know, sweating. I'd go flush in the face, all kind, and I couldn't even, I couldn't even squash them or anything. <clears throat> and then we had a a run of for some reason two years ago. I think every night for about God about two months there was absolute fucking mother tarantulas running down here downstairs for some reason. I didn't know it, and I, and then I just had to deal with it. I couldn't then be like, well, I can't get rid of it. So I, I'm much better with them now, but. I'm more pro spider than pro fly, but unless they're too big, because again, I've got a little girl in the house and she will basically try and set fire to the house if she sees anything crawling around it. So I have to be careful. All right. Fucking, there's your spider discourse for the week, people. <laughs> yes, yeah. Two Brits, eight legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, if you can tell, ladies and gentlemen, I'm kind of putting this off because I don't really want to talk about it, but we have to talk about it, unlike some places that we'll mention later. We're not going to go too deep into the Black Hawks investigation because I feel like we couldn't really do it justice. I would say right off the bat, there are a ton of people reporting on this. If you want to learn about this or 
go fully deep dive on this into what's happening. Start with Rick Westhead on Twitter, who has basically, it seems to have all kind of funneled out from him. And obviously now Katie Strang's involved, Mark Lazarus involved, and it's it's being reported on more and more. But I would say Rick Westhead is the main guy to kind of start with. I know it's been reported on in, I think it's WBEZ in Chicago. They've done a big story about it. So it is making the rounds, but if you don't know, basically a... Uh, and to be fair, you might not have known about this because reporting on this in the main media has been about as rapid as continental drift. So basically, an unidentified former Chicago Blackhawks player uh, says in a lawsuit against the team that a then assistant coach, Brad Aldridge, uh, sexually assaulted him during the 2010 playoff run. Um, this is all alleged at this point, obviously, but... The issue is that after leaving the Blackhawks, um, Aldrich was convicted in 2013 in Michigan of a fourth-degree criminal sexual uh, sexual conduct involving a student, and he's now listed as a registered sex offender. And of course, the issue is is that the Blackhawks knew about this, and according to people in that, so associate coaches, former players, everybody knew about this, and it was just basically, yeah, we're not going to go to the police with this because why would we? And add this to the long list of issues surrounding the NHL and the hockey culture and all that kind of thing. But there are players, uh, Paul Vincent, who was a skills coach in May 2010, was told by two Blackhawks players about Aldrich and then took it to team executives, including the president at the time, John McDonough, uh, Stan Bowman, and was asked that, you know, we should report this to the police. But the request was rejected. Let's start there, Will. What do you what you got on this then? I mean, it's it's a bit like you say, like what is there, what is there that we can add so far removed from from the situation, from the reporting and stuff that isn't hasn't already been said and isn't plainly obvious to anyone with any sort of conscience, especially where you know, respectfully, like there is still the ongoing investigation, and as much as you know fucking hell no smoke without fire and all that like you do kind of have to respect okay in some ways i respect what what bettman and daly are saying in it is an ongoing investigation they can't have action or you know comment fully until there's actual legal findings but the thing that's really standing out for me with this is like you talk about benefit of the doubt for the accused yeah and within the last 18 months, this very same organisation has had uncovered situations of cover-ups for obviously a very different situation to sexual assault. But the whole Akeem Alou thing within the Blackhawks with Bill Peters, that being covered yep. up and Alou being sent down to the ECHL. This is already a franchise, an organisation in the Chicago Blackhawks that has a history of covering up horrific happenings in their own club to protect their their coaches, their members of the front office, whoever it might be. So yeah, I I mean I don't want to say I completely believe the the accusations either way because because it might it might be false. I think it's very unlikely that a number of players and who who was the skill coach Paul Vincent is it uh, Paul Vincent yeah was the was Paul the Vincent coach, yeah who has clarified to the athletic and other sources that the yes this is true. You wouldn't have this many witnesses and and accusers accusing such a horrendous thing against you know against a nobody. 
yeah, this fucking this fucking guy, he's nobody. It's not like he's coming out and saying, yeah, you, you can't even use that um, that fucking straw man excuse of like, oh, they're just trying for their moment in the sun. They're just trying to sue a celebrity by saying they assaulted them. Like, no, this guy's a fucking nobody. And what the the accusers are actually trying to do is stop the Chicago Blackhawks from perpetually sweeping things under the rug and allowing members of their organisation to get away with motherfucking murder. And it's it's disgraceful. It's utterly disgraceful. Like, I fear for how this ends. I really do. And I I can only see it ending with Stan Bowman still in a job. Even, even if they're found guilty, you know, there's not going to be the fucking repercussions that that organisation should have. Not that not that Stan Bowman losing his job fixes anything for those people who are victims of this fucking criminal, but with the history of that organisation, with the history of the NHL, can you see it going any other way of nothing really happening? No, not at all. That's That's my... One of my main issues with it, aside from the obvious that if, you know, if this has happened, then punishments need to be doled out to um, Brad Aldrich who there was a, a, a quote from somebody who was working at the Miami University of Ohio in 2012 where he was let go under suspicion of unwanted touching of a male yep. and he went there from the Blackhawks and somebody who played in that university said that they couldn't believe that a Stanley Cup winning coach was coming to that university. They said, we don't understand why he's even here. Why has he not got a job in another NHL team somewhere? Because that's just what happens. If you win a Stanley Cup as a... Fucking shout out Peter Chiarelli. If you've got a Stanley Cup under your name, you can get a job anywhere, basically, in the NHL. And they said they couldn't understand why he was there. Yeah, they they said they couldn't understand why he'd gone there. There's that as well. And I think we've seen it for so long. I just... That's just the way hockey is, and I don't understand... Nothing to me says that anybody's going to get punished out of this. I mean, how do you? I mean, are they going to punish the Blackhawks as well as a team? Or I don't know. It's it's a fucking huge minefield. And I also will not like we have our fun with Gaz and Bill on this show. It sounds like a Viz comic when we say it. We have our fun with Gaz and Bill on this show. But I think at, at this point in time, they are right. They can't say anything right now because it'd be very stupid. Of, like, I mean, guys, especially being a fucking lawyer, he knows when to say and what not to say. Well, Daly knows... was a lawyer too. Or is still a lawyer. Oh, of course, of course yeah. God, of course. I yeah. always forget that, yeah. So you've got basically two lawyers there who were just saying, yeah, we're just going to keep stumbling this until something happens. Which is, uh, and we're going we're gonna to get on to, to them later because I know you've got some opinions on this, but I was listening to a little bit of the latest. 31 Thoughts and, and Friedman makes a good point of... Oh, really? Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, sorry. He, <laughs> no, sorry, hold on. He um, fed in a quote from another lawyer who he had spoken to about the situation, and that lawyer made the point of, yes, people want blood and people want this to be paraded out in the streets as it should be to expose people as soon as possible. But he made the point that you can really jeopardise the investigation by saying too much too early and you can turn exactly. witnesses off being as honest or coming forward as, as as quickly or as effectively as they would do without, you know, with a bit more anonymity and a few less uh, paparazzi cameras on it, if you will. So, yeah, like like you say, I'm <laughs> not going to be uh, the, the biggest advocate of anything Daily and Beckman do, but I think they're doing the right thing now. 
It's it's just if it is true, if it is true, the the ramifications of them, of the organisation, Black Horse as, a, as an organisation, not reporting because it, it, it's such a delicate subject. You go round and round in fucking circles on it. Not only did they not report him to the police for sexually sexually assaulting members of their own organisation, still. You know, it's not like they were even trying to just protect the organisation. No, it was protecting specific people within the organisation. They then did not pass that information on to future prospective employers. And these these employers did actually get contact from with the Chicago Blackhawks and try to get some sort of character reference for the coach. And they, they didn't flag it up. They let him go into fucking educational facilities. And and be a part of that environment when he had a history of sexual assault, which is just disturbing to no end. Yeah. So if it is true, if it is true, heads have got a fucking roll all the way to the top. I'm talking like President fucking Stan Bowman, fucking Rocky Burtz has to fucking answer for it. I, I don't know the structure of the Blackhawks enough outside of Stan Bowman and was it John? Whoever the fucking geezer is that's above him, John something, John McDonough, whoever, whoever McDonough. The fuck well, he is. was, he's he's left he was, now, he's gone yeah. now. Well, he, yeah, still, not and excused. that's now, yeah, people are now like, that was weird, wasn't it? Why did he, why did he leave? That suddenly yeah, sort exactly. of came out of nowhere, and now people are, st- and this is the thing, like a lot of things that have happened in the Black Cooks behind the scenes in the past few years, people are now looking at and saying, well, this is odd. Why did this happen then? That's very absolutely. Peculiar. It's got to be a scorched earth response from the NHL if it is found to be true. There can't be half measures at all. And if you're going to... I mean, yeah, they they have to do this, but this goes, like has already been mentioned, but this goes beyond the Blackhawks as well. Because at mm-hmm. the time, Kevin Sheveldayoff, Mark Bergevin, and Joel Crenville were all involved in the Blackhawks. And... Okay, I understand Bergevin's made a comment, a, a statement, and said, yeah, well, I knew nothing about it. Yet so, every oh, yeah, every other di- person... Director, director of player personnel didn't know. Director of player personnel that. had no idea. Yeah, yeah everybody and, who has been asked about this and said that, yes, everybody knew about this. It was completely an in-house secret and everybody knew about it. So then you're looking at Sheffield Dayoff, Bergevin, and Quenville. Also, the players who were there, Taves, Kane, who else, whoever else was there at the time. Yeah, like th- th- a responsibility then falls on them as well. Keith, but that's why Seabrook, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Pick, I mean, pick whoever you want, and that's why this is going to be a huge issue because if they are going to go full scorched earth on this, I mean, this could genuinely, genuinely take years to get sorted out because you're now going back ten years and sort of basically trying to find this Hawks kind of family tree of people who were involved at the time and what they are doing now. And if you've got to talk to all of those people, I've got I've got a friend who's a he's sort of in training now to be. I mean, he's doing judge work at the moment, but he's in training to be a judge. And he said, I've asked him about cases, not like obviously details, but I say, you know, how long does it take? And he said it just takes forever to get things sorted out. You know, like they'll. He said he gets cases and he'll go through them, send them back. They'll go and talk to people, send them back, and then he and then it just goes on and on and on until you can then say, right, okay. Now we're at this point, we're ready to go, let's do this. So, uh, yeah, like you say, I think the people want answers and things to be sorted out quickly. That's just not going to happen because it can't. It cannot happen that way. This has to be done as thoroughly and as deeply as possible to get the result that everybody wants. 
Absolutely. And, and let's just hope that it fucking happens. That it's done yeah. I mean, there's a, a Danny Wirtz, the... Um, oh, fucking, what's Danny Wirtz's job title again? I can't remember. But he's, again, oh, he's the... Yeah, anyway, he's high up in the Black Hawks organization. But they have, uh, they've said that uh, a formal federal prosecutor, Reed Shah, is going to lead an independent review. And uh, they said that Mr. Shah and his firm have significant experience conducting independent investigative reviews, have no previous tie to the Black Hawks, and have been directed to follow the facts wherever they lead. We as fans, if you can hear my voice, we as fans have a duty of care now that it's up to us as well to push this and to keep, you know, don't let it fall out of the news cycle because that's what will happen. Look at all the, you know, Black Lives Matter, the Akeem Malou stuff. We've not heard anything about that for until Batman said, oh, we're pledging $5 million to, you know, like inclusivity and, you know, like training programs where we can get people from different backgrounds into the game and all that kind of thing. Don't let people forget that this is happening in the Blackhawks. And I'm sure the reporters won't. Like I said, start with Rick Westhead, follow out from there, because they've been absolutely fantastic. <sighs> Let's... All right, we've got to talk about the media reporting of this. Um, to put it bluntly, I was really fucking annoyed, as a lot of people were, with the way that the main media outlets, TSN and Sportsnet in particular, went with this. Because... If you listen to the thir- the first six minutes of 31 Thoughts, either this week or last week, whenever it came out, they read a prepared statement. If you listen back to that, in your head, that's a prepared statement that they've read. And we've said before, the issue is, is that when you're covering the NHL and that's your only job and your only option, if your boss says you can't talk about this because we can't piss off this team because we'll never get access again or something like that. What are you going to do? And I feel that, I mean, like Marikin Friedman got absolutely destroyed on Twitter. People were calling him cowards and you're a disgrace and all kinds of shit. It was like, it was mad. It was mad, but they did avoid it. They absolutely avoided it until they just get through their opening six minute bit. And then Marik's just like, right, onto the playoffs. Like okay, look, just just can you just forget that last six minutes we've just done? Can you forget that? That's that's fine. And it's clear the Sportsnet bosses were terrified, and I'm sure TSN bosses are terrified, and even the reporting of it on TSN and ESPN and stuff. It's as far as I know, it's not making it's not making main headline news, as it but it absolutely should be. It absolutely I can't under this is the thing I've said a million times. No one cares about hockey. Nobody cares. This is proof that no one cares about hockey. If you're in the hockey bubble, stand outside of it for a second and look into and look into it and see that a company that's worth a billion dollars let one of their employees sexually abuse somebody. They didn't report it to the police. They then went to another place and sexually abused a minor. Like just think about that for a second. And it's just not it's it's not making main headline news. Even now, it's all just kind of, oh yeah, the Black Hawks thing. That's uh, yeah, that's still ongoing. That's that's all you're hearing. And I just think yeah, they cl- they're clearly scared to death of reporting on it. And that's the issue when the NHL is the only is the only league in town. Something um, I'm just trying to just trying to find it now, and I think it is. I think it's been taken down. I forget when it was, but it was after the reporting. Of you know of the of the Blackhawk situation and during the sort of discussion of exactly what we're talking about you know not 
the situation not being given its proper attention or respect in the mainline media, if memory serves, because it's disappeared now, so I haven't got any, I haven't got any evidence of it. Sportsnet uploaded a video about the Blackhawks, maybe their some sort of cup run, whatever. But it was some sort of Blackhawks themed video, like throwback video. And they uploaded it all, all, all while you know the world's on fire because they're fucking paedophile enablers. And yeah, they upload this this like mini mini recap video, whatever about the Blackhawks. All the comments are rightly saying, "What the fuck is wrong with you? This is offensive timing." And that's only only further um, cemented by the fact that I cannot find it now for love nor money. It's not in my YouTube history. It's not on the Sportsnet oh, page. Go, yeah, it's like, all right, well, 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 daddy, fucking idiots. I think one. I think Sportsnet do deserve derision. All the major outlets that yeah, are they all giving do. Yeah. the attention, it they all deserve derision. My my one thing with like the the criticism of Friedman's statement at the beginning of Thirty One Thoughts, yes, there's an issue. There's an issue with I think. I think I think podcasts can't escape the issue, weekly podcasts especially, of balancing really important issues like this, like uh, like the death of Tom Curvers a couple of weeks uh, last week, you know, rest in peace and all that. Like any any extremely serious issue that isn't on ice related or you know that is bigger than oh fucking have you seen Ryan Nugent Hopkins contract? That's bullshit. When you're trying to balance that serious fucking newsnight level discussion of a sexual assault case and also having to fit in oh we've got to talk about the playoffs we've got to talk about free agency etc i i think that's that, that's a lose-lose situation like there's there's not going to be a way you can include both topics in a podcast and have it not seem like all right, that's done. Let's talk about the fun stuff. Like it's always going to come across that way. That I'm not trying to excuse it. I'm just saying that's a fucking issue with the format. I disagree, the, though. I, do, I disagree. Do you not if think I can... like because no, at some point, because, at some point, no, listen, you have to. No matter how you do it, my my thing is like at some point there has to be right. That's a clean break. Now let's talk about. Now let's go back to making jokes about fucking Ross Johnson. Here's what it. Here's what it is. <laughs> here's what it is. We're doing it right now on this show. In a minute, we're going to talk about the playoffs. We're going to talk about Wayne Simmons. We're going to talk about whatever, you know, whatever the fuck ever comes on this show. And, yeah, and, and, and in the stupid. moment, it's going to be, okay, the Black Horse thing isn't happening. Let's just talk about the fun side of hockey. Yes. But there's a way to... Absolute full credit. I know some people don't like Steve Dangle. Absolute full credit to that show. They've done the same thing. that They have spoken about it, and they've been candid, and they've been honest, and you can tell that... They're also appalled at what's happened, but they also talk about the other side of the game, and that their show is like their show is like our show. You know, they just generally have a laugh and be silly and all that kind of thing. But they've also done it, I believe, the right way. My issue with the thirty-one thoughts thing was that statement was so cold, and you could tell it was absolutely a pre-prepared statement. If American Friedman came on and spoke from their heart. And I believe in their heart that they're saying what they're thinking, what we're thinking, that this is an absolute disgrace and what is happening with this sport. How can this happen? I'd have no issue because, yes, you still have to then report on the other news of the game. I've got no issue with that. I think it's the it's the fact that it's the coldness of their statement is what it is, not the fact that they made a statement and then discussed the other side of it. 
But but I think you explained away the coldness of that statement anyway, Dan. Like, it is their job. Like, Sportsnet and any of, like, the flagship media companies, the Athletic, certain writers at the Athletic especially, who we won't name, um... They are so much closer to the product and to the to the NHL itself that you, they are like, you know, not state-run media, media, but like it's closer to state-run media than a couple of fucking idiots in their spare bedrooms chatting all sorts of bullshit. Like, do you know what I mean? Mate, that's such a good point. That's such a good point. It is. It is like, and I. That's a problem. It's not to say that you can excuse Sportsnet, TSN, and whoever you want from that. Like that. That is an issue. But then that's an issue at the corporate level. It's not. I don't blame. I agree, Jeff. What, I mean, what are they going to do? Yeah, exactly. What, what if, can if you they do? They've work... still got to keep their jobs and that. And I still think exactly that, that yeah, people in those positions do do more than they could do. Like I, 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 I do have the respect for Elliot Friedman that I don't hold for other reporters. I really like his work. I like his writing. I think he's fantastic. I agree. And I, I, I think he does as much as he can within the understanding of. <laughs> not making himself a fucking martyr for hockey media, do you know what I mean? And and, and with the coldness of the pre-prepared statement, like it has it has to be cold. It has to be pre-prepared because of what we were saying earlier. It's an ongoing situation. It's an ongoing investigation. It's a fucking legal thing. As far as as far as written and recorded media for these corporations, it is a legal issue before it's a moral issue, and that's Hang where on, right. it becomes an issue. Go on, go on. All right, though. Right. If this is a legal issue in regard to something like, I don't know, what's a li- like fraud or something. Say, say the yep. Blackhawks were embezzling money from players or they were taking more out of escrow or something like that. That, I, I would then let them off more. But in this situation, we're talking about sexual abuse. This should be bigger than fucking Sportsnet relationship with the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, but I, th- I, I think like it we- is, though. I, th- I think it's the issue of... We can sit here and say Stan Bowman's probably a piece of shit. John McDonald's probably a piece of shit. <laughs> Pedophile enablers. Do you know what I mean? Like we can we can say that. We can say that because who's going to fucking come for us? If Elliot Friedman is on his podcast or in his article saying, say even hinting that he thinks this is what's happened and then it comes out and it's not what happened, he he personally and his parent company and his editors you know there are editors fucking involved in that where we quite clearly don't have any editors involved um how dare you are going to be put at risk even for well you know but you might edit the show but i don't, I don't, I don't think you st- <laughs> just because you edit the show doesn't the mean i'm an editor <laughs> you tidy up you don't fucking limit us which i appreciate <laughs> But do, do you course. know what I mean? Like they are far, they're a far bigger target for like libel lawsuits. Even if he hints that, yeah, this, I understand this that. Is, and in his this position, this is probably what happened. In his position, he's not going to be stupid enough to say something like that. I understand that, but for it to be a clearly pre-prepared statement, other than for them to say, "Okay, Elliot, obviously, you know, don't say this and don't say this," and he goes, "Okay, then that's fine." And then he can just, he's not, if I worked for the fucking BBC or something and I was reporting on this, I wouldn't go on a BBC funded podcast and say, well, clearly Stan Bowman knew exactly what was going on and he should be put in jail. I would never say that. That's because you're a coward. But then, that's true, yeah. Um, I'll happily bow down to the man for cash. Don't worry about it. As I've done before. We can't talk about that though. But the, I don't know, it's, it's just, you could clearly tell that they weren't, speaking from the heart and i think that in this situation 
you just give them a couple of pointers and say, obviously, you know, clearly you can't say anything libelous. And he wouldn't have done. He's not an idiot. He wouldn't have said anything libelous. But I don't know. It, it just came across really, yeah. really off. And the fact that they waited so long to do something about it. It was like when the fucking... It was like when Princess Diana died and the Queen didn't say anything for four days. And then, like... Somebody was shoving her out there, basically like, go on, you got to say something. She's like, oh, fucking, all right, fine. <laughs> it was like that. Like, it, the story had to get so big that they then had no choice. It wasn't the fact that they then decided, actually, yeah, we should talk about this. They only did it because then there was no choice and they were getting railed for it. And then I thought, well, you need to be more kind of, like I said, from the heart about this and not so fucking cold. And I think that's what kind of bugged me about it. I understand everything you're saying. They've got their bosses. Sportsnet have got their bosses. Like you say, it's practically state-run media. Sportsnet is, because it's a Canadian company, it's the NHL. I mean, what else are they going to do? You know, you can't really afford to... You can't burn those bridges until it can be proven that you can burn those bridges. And until that point, you've kind of got to go with it. But I I just thought there was a better way they could have gone about it. Yeah, I I think... Yeah, I I, I do agree with you. It's it's just hard. It's just hard, isn't it? Especially Mm. in... In in this age, you know, this age of media consumption and interaction, like, there's always going to be people who are piling on for the wrong reasons and sort of willfully ignoring the realities of of being a large media conglomerate, like that that you can't have the same expectations and and stuff of of these companies as you would someone who was more independent. It yeah, again, doesn't that's true doesn't excuse people it's just it's just a fucking hard hard situation really is yeah it's a uh it's a really shitty situation but like i said i hopefully if they'll come out in the wash but if you're expecting it to come out in the wash quickly um you're going to be disappointed because it isn't going to be it has to be done properly and time has to be taken so all right do you reckon, do you reckon there's a podcast out there who has um segued into an ad read from this discussion <laughs> There has to be. There has to be. Has, there are enough podcasts out there. Someone's done it. There are enough podcasts. Yeah. There's, in, in, in an alternate universe, some in an alternate universe somewhere, somebody's gone from this to fucking Casper mattresses or something. You just know it. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a really shitty situation for all involved. Speaking of shitty situations, this week we are brought to you by Mechanical Bidets. <laughs> We really can't lie down on this one. Speaking of lying down, if you have trouble sleeping at night. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think oh, the God. whole thing boils down to it's a recruitment issue, really. They didn't vet the guy properly before he before he came on, on board. Speaking of recruitment, zip recruiter. <laughs> I know, it's, it's, link, oh, it's LinkedIn God. jobs you now, isn't it? it? Zip, zip recruiter's it. old news. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, LinkedIn jobs now, yeah. Oh, dearie me. People, though, I'll say it once more. Go to Twitter, follow Rick Westhead, and go from there. And then you'll go to Katie Strang, Mark Lazarus, everybody, everyone involved, WBZ in Chicago, and consume it that way. Um, We'll do the best we can, but even podcasts that come out twice, three times a week, there's only so much they can report on at that time, uh, just because of uh, basically the amount of media that's out there to consume. But you can actually, you can follow those people on Twitter and follow the case properly that way. And uh, my only other thing, like I said, my only other thing was to drill this into you all again. Don't let the league forget this is happening. Keep it out there. Keep it in the news because, you know, this is fucking, this is bigger than the game. Just, uh, just remember that. 
All right. Okay, let's get on to the fun part of the show. Should we, uh, should we start the show? <laughs> yes, I think we should. Oh, After our, our um, very well-rehearsed, impeccably acted-out uh, pre-written statements have now been read. <laughs> yeah. Was that script okay for that 37 minutes? Was that all right? Yeah, you'd, if we could redo it again and you put a bit more um, a bit more emotion when you say TSN. Okay. Yeah, no. we'll try again. <laughs> right, we've done it nine times already. We can do it a tenth. Yeah, good point. All right, let's start the show. As always, we're brought to you by Wave Intel. As we get towards the end of the season and into the actual fun part, not the hockey part, you know, the free agent bit, Go to Wavevintel and let them guide you through all the stats and data you need to make sure that your gem is making the right moves. Wavevintel online and on Twitter, being smart, so you don't have to. Check out the Three Men and Their Babies podcast at men underscore babies on Twitter and on iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, Smart Speakers, anywhere else you can listen. Leave us a nice review, helps a lot. Tell your friends if they like the show, just so you can say you've done something good today. Cheers. Okay then, we are in the middle of the Stanley Cup playoff finals as Tampa and Montreal make it through. As we all knew that Montreal would beat uh, Las Vegas um, because <laughs> this Every, league everyone, makes no sense. Everyone bet that way. Everybody did. Everybody bet that way. Everyone bet that way. Well, we'll talk about the two teams that uh, bowed out first. What do Vegas do now? Aside from the blaring glorious witches, go and sign Jack Eichel. <laughs> I'd say they're in the same boat as Colorado. Just come back next year, try again. Right. Yeah. Yeah, how how much better can you make your team? I mean, try and get more centers, but even then, in yeah, do, do I wouldn't say they're they're in a position where they particularly need to do anything. That's and then that's the tough in thing because once you once everybody starts to identify a weakness in your team, well, the price of that piece now just rockets up. So if Vegas yeah, wanted exactly, a center exactly. before, that's fine, but now they want a center. Well, it's going to cost you even more. They need to get a uh, a replacement for Alec Martinez. But arguably, you know, they yeah. might already have that in-house in some ways. It's just, yeah, try and get a replacement for Alec Martinez. I don't know, they've got two UFAs at forward. Maybe re-sign them if you want. They've been in the league for four years. And they've, been, like we said, they've been to two conference finals, a Stanley Cup and a second round. And the sky is falling in Las, in Las Vegas because <laughs> yeah, they, they haven't got, like, a grade-A centre. <laughs> which, which, in theory... They should have a couple coming. Cody Glass, Peyton Krebs, even that um, Pavel Dorofiev is meant to be meant to be a centre apparently. So, like in theory, they they could be better. I don't I don't know if Cody Glass is going to live up to his um, draft position necessarily based on what we've seen. But fucking who knows? Kid's still young enough, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, there is that's the kind of you know you draft well, don't you? And you get a couple of guys on ELCs, and then you can fit them in the lineup and they never seem to miss a beat or <clears throat> excuse me you know there's no issues there with okay you've got loads of guys making this much money in oh now okay now we've got a couple of young like i guess like the montreal canadians right now like suzuki kotkaniemi and caulfield i mean cody glass's junior numbers are for, like absolutely unbelievable and he was you would think fine he could at, least... at the ahl last year yeah yeah and you think he can at least you think he'll be able to at least contribute but yeah, I, I think in theory next year if you get Glass and Krebs in there in that forward core, 
if things work out, you could argue that they're going to be even better than they were this year. Yeah. And it's a, you think it's that thing of like, okay, well, we've got, you know, we're going to put you on a line with Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty. So I think you'll be okay. And that's yeah, just, Chuck. I mean, what, yeah, what more could you wish for? That's, and, and, and that goes basically wherever they put them in the lineup, they're going to be in a position to succeed. Yeah. Well, you're going to have some form of, yeah, Stone, Pacioretty, Carlson, Marshall, Smith, Tuck. Even like, uh, you know, Charles Stevenson's a, a perfectly good player. Their bottom, their bottom six type players are still, you know, not fucking lead weights necessarily. They're still, they're still a phenomenally good team. It's just the uh, the old playoff thing, you know. Sometimes the good teams don't win. You just got to retool and retool and go again, just, which is what just I try think. Again, yeah. Which is, I, I, I think, you know, there's going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, the Islanders are going to be that times ten. They're going to be so. They're just going to be exactly the same again next year. They're just going to. Yeah, grind out wins, get to the postseason again, at least win a round because that's what they always do. I'm sure GM of the year, Lou Lamorella, will find some deal or something to make his team a little bit better. That'll make him... And they'll have Anders Lee back um, next year, so they'll be fine. Yeah. Again, yeah. they'll be fine just gotta again. Hope that, just got to hope that you don't get the um, the bad injury luck next year. That's all it is. Yeah, or Tampa in the playoffs. <laughs> Fucking, yeah. That's all you can do. I don't, I don't think... I mean, yeah, the island. It's a, it's a thing where, yeah, the Islanders could do with getting some more scoring talent, some more creative talent up front. But then that kind of goes against what they've built as a club. So, yeah, every, everyone always harps on about, oh, you don't want to just get toughness for the sake of toughness if you've got a skilled team. It goes both ways. Obviously, skill is premium. But as as we alluded to kind of before the podcast, like, you know, if you're getting a, a hundred point player. Don't expect him to play solid defense, and if you're in a system that requires solid defense, you know maybe fucking Ilya Kovalchuk isn't the guy that you need. You know that that ilk of player isn't going to help you yeah, as exactly. much as as you'd think he would. See, I think yeah. I think both of the both of the fi- finalists that didn't make it fucking stay the course, isn't it? Yeah, the Islanders the Islanders can't go out and sign a guy who is all flashy and excited and dank because that's not their style. You can't... The Islanders can't then leave the style that's made them successful for the past three years because no, that's indeed. what's got them there. And that they've, they basically don't make the final because of one shorthanded goal. That's it. They lose that game 7-1-0. It wasn't 6-3 or fucking 8-2. So yeah, they, they took that. How do you then go away from that? You can't then go away from that formula. Yeah, it'd be a madness to do that. And yeah, as, as much as, you know, I like to harp on teams and say, yeah, you might have had success, but it doesn't mean you're a good squad. Like, I think the Islanders are as good as they're going to be unless you blow the entire fucking thing up. There comes a point where yeah, you've, exactly. painted, you've painted yourself in such a corner, for better or for worse, if that's still working there, you've got you've to see it through. Yeah, I know we're talking about Vegas, but in the last three years, the Islanders have what a second round and two conference finals. For the sake of the bounce, the sake of a the, for the sake of a bounce of a puck somewhere, you're in the Stanley Cup final the last two years. So, Absolutely, <laughs> you can't you can't go nuts and start to blow it all up. One thing I forgot to mention about Vegas, actually, the one thing I forgot to mention was that uh, maybe maybe Pete DeBoer is the uh, you know, San Jose with this amazing team for all this time and they only got to one cup final. Decisions were made. I'm sure 
I can't remember when it was, but I know for a fact that we questioned certain decisions he made when he was in San Jose. And I will. We said last week, why would you go back to Flurry after that game when Lena wins? Oh, yeah, that's fucking the, goalkeeping that's... is such such voodoo. How many times have I said it on this show? You've got two goalies there who were both Grade A goalies. So one didn't. One was seeming to have a bit of a wobble, right? So put the other one in then. Give him a couple of games. Why would you then go away from that? I'm not saying they would have won the game, but that's that's what I would have done. That that to me was blatantly, you know, in in facts that have come to light since the decision. That's got to have been, you know, Bill on the phone to to Peter Boer saying, that, mate, Flory's going to win the Vesna. You've got to put him back in so we don't, don't all look like a bunch of dickheads. Got yeah, Vesna win. Right. Fucking Vesna winner who's lost his crease in the conference final. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I think you're right. That's that's a problem, isn't it? Tampering from, from up top again. Tampering from up top? Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Finals, game two tonight. Tampa takes the first game 5-1. It wasn't close. It wasn't close. Um, I know Montreal... No, it wasn't close at all. Montreal's had... I think in the first game that they lost to Vegas, they actually actually played really well and were unlucky to lose that game. It just kind of got away from them for a couple of goals, but they weren't good at all. But to be fair to Montreal, the one thing they've shown is their ability to make adjustments where it's been needed. And... I'm absolutely not going to predict one way or the other which way this is going to go because it's fucking. They've just be, they've just proved everybody wrong the whole time. It'd be it'd be foolhardy to try and do it. To be fair, it was yeah. quite close in certain areas. Um, they were split evens on face-off percentage, and uh, only one hit separated the two of them. So you know, Montreal played a good good game in that sense. Of course, but that's the that's thing we've said about Tampa before, isn't it? That's what we've said about Tampa. You wanna you wanna fight in front of the net. You wanna fight in front of the net and try and squeak out a cheeky T one. Alright, well we'll do that. You wanna dump and chase it and try and run on the forecheck? Okay, we can do that to you as well. You wanna clog up the neutral zone? No problem. And that's what Tampa did in that first game. They fucking yeah, clogged they up the neutral zone. Capitalized on the Canadians' mistakes and then punished them. And then Vasilevsky just making a couple of saves like he's playing against fucking three year olds. A couple of the saves Vasilevsky made didn't even look good. But you're just watching the back, thinking, "Okay, that's really good." That's re- because he's not diving across his because he's always in the right position. He knows exactly what to do. So, you're a fucking idiot if you rule out the Habs from this series. Well, the last uh, last three cup cup winners lost the first game of the cup final. Lost the first Tam- game, Tampa yeah. included. So, like, yeah. I don't know if you want to, you want a bit of a bit of voodoo there. Fucking put your money on the Canadians. Yeah, I I don't necessarily think it's over for the Canadians. Yeah, but I I really wouldn't be surprised if this ended up as a gentleman's sweep or something. Don't like say that. it. Don't say it. <laughs> no, no, not not the S word. A gentleman's S word. It's fine. Okay, gentleman's S. All right, fair enough. Gentleman, fair enough. Gentleman's S. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, you can't. As good as the Canadians have been, and as much as they've been better than everyone's expected, I still think you can't look past the Lightning getting the job done. You absolutely can't. They are. They are the best team in so many different ways, as everyone has said. Yeah. You know, they're not just the fucking Globetrotters. They are, they're everything you want them to be and more. So fucking, yeah, sign me up for back-to-back. I was ready to lose my shit on this show this week when Kucherov got that cross-check from Scott Mayfield. Just nowhere near the play, in the back. Oh, mate. And in game six, I went, and he limped off the ice and I was thinking, and I was 
oh my god, I am going to fucking go nuclear. We've we've let it happen again. Yeah, we've let peak peak fuck this guy <laughs> for being really good at hockey. I'm just going to blast him away from the play. Fair play to Gary Bettman. He did calm us all down by making sure that we know that the NHL has the best officials in the world, not just in hockey, in any sport. So I guess we're all wrong, but I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna come on here and freak out about the refs again. And thank God that Kucherov's still playing. And it's, I heard this thing of like, it it shouldn't matter who the because I I kind of you know I was going on about star players and all that kind of thing and you know you've got to fight through these tough games and all that kind of thing and I I, I believe that star players should get preferential treatment. Um, no offense to no offense to Scott Mayfield. I'm sure he's a great guy. I don't want to watch him play. I don't want to watch him fucking skate around and, and smash people. I don't I don't give a shit. I want to watch the best players play the game. And the Kuta Kucherov right now, as we mentioned last week or the week before, he is now in that... Okay, you are now in that bracket. As he, He's joined a list that includes two people of players who've got more than a certain amount of points in the playoffs in two seasons in a row. He's currently at 64 points and with still with games to play. And the only other two players on that list are Mario and Gretzky. Kucherov's now in that upper echelon and if he gets another cup it's even you know for the for the not naysayers but you know for the people who still harp on about old-timey hockey and old-timey players he's now up there with those great players but i think star play should get i I think star play should get looked after a bit more they're the people who drive your revenue they're the people who people come and they're the players who people want to come and see play the game absolutely it's it just it just makes basic sense doesn't it you would think so (laughs) And you know as well, that's something else that Tampa will do. Like, yeah, they'll 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 fight you. They don't give a shit. They'll cross check you. They'll play dirty. They'll be fucking sneaky hits, fucking jabs here and there. They're just so good at everything. I just well, what what do you think about uh, on that? What do you think about the Gallagher thing? <sighs> go on, you go. You go first. Let me let me digest. You go first. Go on. <laughs> I want to hear your. I know you put the question to me, but I don't know. I, it's I don't know. It looks fucking awful. It looks awful. I think uh, it's one of these horrible ones. It's so similar to that Tom Wilson or Timmy Panarin thing. It's so similar. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's about, it is. It's about wrestling. So to have a differing view on it to the Wilson Panarin thing feels automatically like disingenuous might not be the right word, but you know what I mean? Like it makes it, the other ones seem like, oh, just because it's Tom Wilson, you call him the fucking devil and you want to cut his ball bag off. Like this one for me is more an issue with scrums after the whistle and our fucking love of it and how unpenalized actions in the scrums after the whistles go. It's horrendous. I still think Sergachev was not, anywhere near safe enough or respectful enough of Gallagher as a person, as a player, as an opponent in that situation. I think it is different to the Panarin-Wilson thing where Wilson was... Fucking hell, yeah, like, Wilson had already attacked Puchnevich in that situation, etc., etc. This is much more of an even match-up. Do you know what I mean? They are both engaged with each other in with the same intentions... But yeah, we this is we've got to be th- fucking more careful than this. Do you know what I mean? For sure. And 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 
on the back of me saying about star players, <clears throat> excuse me, Christ, on the back of me saying that star players should get maybe more uh, preferential treatment sometimes with certain things, the reason the Tom Wilson thing is worse to me is because I can believe that Mikhail Sergachev just overpowered Brendan Gallagher. And it was only them two at it. It wasn't like there was seven other guys in and around the action. It's just them two. And it just looks like Sergachev's just like, they, they are kind of wrestling and he just tries to kind of muscle him out. Whereas if you told me that Tom Wilson intentionally tried to hurt Artemi Panarin, I'd believe you because that's what he's like. Now, if Sergachev keeps doing this, then yeah, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. It doesn't look good. I agree. And the whole thing after the whistle, like once the whistle's gone, the fucking whistle's gone. Why are you still carrying on doing this shit after the whistle? If a referee can stop in a, if a referee can step in and stop a fight when it's kind of like the players are on the ground and it's all done, don't let them wrestle. Just you're fucking done. Like that's it. Why are you wrestling for? What are you hugging each other? What are you hugging each other for, basically? Exactly. Have your little hug, blow the whistle again. No, knock it off. You don't need to do this. Nothing's gonna nothing good is gonna come of this. Because even an aggressor, if they throw somebody down to the eyes, I mean, Sergachev could have ripped his ACL or something. Like, yeah. they're on skates. I don't know how many times I have to mention that to people. Don't forget, they're fucking on skates. He's not going to have, like, an absolute solid balance there or a solid foundation to throw Gallagher down. So I can... I wouldn't have minded too much if Sergachev would maybe have gotten a game for that, the way it happened. But yeah. I, I think... To compare it to Tom Wilson thing, like I say, I think if you tell I, I believe that Wilson does that to intentionally hurt people. Whereas I think Sergachev was just bigger and stronger than Gallagher and that's that, that was the result of it. But I agree. The the emphasis should be on the whistle's gone, so fucking stop it. That's it. Once the whistle goes, just stop. Get back to your positions and we'll start playing again. That's it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's that's the problem that is evident with this situation, isn't it? For me. And it's it's fucking so lucky that Brendan Gallagher didn't get more hurt, dude. Man, he's we're not talking about fucking Gallagher being out for the season or whatever it might be. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, there's, I mean, knowing the way the playoffs is, who's to say he's not fucking hurt now? He probably is. Like that must have fucking dinged him for sure. It couldn't have been good, but I don't know. Tam point after him all night, didn't they? They were on him all night. Yeah, it's kind of a weird. It's like a weird reversal thing because he normally is the one who goes at people, but they were just kind of... It's like they identified him, I thought, and sort of went, yeah, that's the guy who gets his team fired up. Let's get him, kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think people need to not conflate that with Sergative trying to injure Gallagher. Yeah, I agree. That's that's the dangerous thing that you, know, you start worrying about when... When that comes up, you know, there's a difference between targeting someone as as an issue and and trying to neutralise their own sort of uh, antagonising behaviour on the ice and stuff, and going out and trying to fucking hurt someone. But yeah, like I, th- I think the fact that they neutralised Gallagher this moment <laughs> excluded was another another bit of evidence of just how fucking good Tappan Bay are. What do you think, um, Philip the Noah's next contract looks like? Is somebody going to... Too big. Dude, he's getting so much love, isn't he? So much love as a centre who does nothing but defence. He's basically a th- he's basically a new position. He's basically now a centre defenceman. That's the new... We just invented <laughs> yeah, a new he's, position. He's a centre-back now. Yeah, he's I... now a... Yeah. <laughs> he's, a uh, he's a new position in hockey, which is centre defenceman. He's good, though. He is... He... Oh, he's been amazing. 
He's been he's amazing at, at doing that. At doing that, he's been unbelievable. Like Matthews, Marner, Stone, Barchasso, fucking Wheeler. Like what is it? Like one goal between them all, or something ridiculous like that? Something and he like gets matched up against them all the time. And Tampa avoided him as well. That's how much and Tampa likes him. Tampa kept matching him to the Gord line, uh, to the yeah, to the Yanni Gord line all night. But then that that to me is almost an indictment of Dano as a player. Like, all right, yes, he is very, 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 very good at shutting down star players, and that is not to be taken lightly. Yeah, it's not to say that that's not an important skill, a hard thing to do. But then, yeah, if if Tampa can just avoid him in the matchups and he's not providing an issue without, you know, offensively when he's not up against the star players, that's where I think his contract's going to get overinflated. Someone's going to think, oh, here we go, perfect second line centre, perfect shutdown guy, and then not have him in a system that's going to work for him and expect him to do more on the other side of the puck than just defend. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where, you know, his six and a half mil a season or whatever it is is going to look <laughs> fucking much. Because it probably will be. Probably will be about that much, won't it? Dude. I was going to say, if, it, if, a G, if a GM gives Philip the no six and a half million a year, oh my, I will walk into the sea. That's it. Life is over. Sorry. <laughs> I, can't, I, even, I couldn't deal with that. Even if it matches the the Ryan Nugent Hopkins deal, that's too much. Oh, for me. God. Yeah, way too much. Way too much. Because he ain't going to be effective defensively for the rest of his career, necessarily, is he? You give him seven no. years or eight years, he's not going to be 35 and be Patrice Bergeron again. He's going no. to be a fucking fourth line centre. Do you know what I mean? Well, in that Ooh. case, welcome to Vancouver, Philip Deneau. Well oh, done. Fucking, there you go. Seven, <laughs> it's going to be a fucking sign and trade. They're going to trade a second for his rights. Signed eight years, six and a half mil. Job done. See you later. It's going to be eight, year, no, eight years at four, but full no move. That's what he's going to get in Vancouver. Oh my God, imagine. <laughs> so they can never get out from under his contract. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> please, he's, please happen. He is primed to get well overpaid, especially you know, Come to the fucking Stanley Cup final, getting praised for his defensive prowess. Which of the 200 hockey men are not going to like that? None of them. Absolutely. Sorry, then. Speaking of overpaid, Nugent Hopkins, what's your... And that's not me saying overpaid. Some people saying overpaid. Eight years at just over five with a full no move. What do you think? Okay, so just the cap hit. Lovely. <laughs> Lovely. I love it when you start like this. <laughs> Lovely. Love the cat pit. Love the cat pit because he's a good player. He's a good player. He's, had a, yeah, had a bit hey, of a... he's not he is not a bad player. Don't forget, don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. I get it. Former first overall pick, but he is a good player. Decent points percentage totals and all that kind of thing. Not been a bust in by any means. No, and he's and he's only twenty eight, so yeah, it's, it's not too bad. Not too bad. Um you do kind of have to factor in if if he left Edmonton, who the f- that that gap between Trisaitl and McDavid and the rest of their players gets even fucking larger without Ryan Nugent Hopkins there. Eight eight years full no movement. Um. Yeah, no. So that's, you're telling that's me you're really gonna bad. you're gonna pay a 36 year old Ryan Nugent Hopkins over five million dollars, and he only leaves if he fucking lets you. Yeah, I don't don't like that at all, personally. Not at all. That's, I don't know why they couldn't have gone modified, no trade or something. 
you know, like the first the first three years, full no trade, that's fine. And then after that, you know, give us five teams. Year after that, give us 10 teams or, you know, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, Just yeah. kind of wangle it that way. But dude, eight years at full no move. What the fuck? I'd, I'd have even taken five years full no move. Do you know what I mean? I'd have, I'd have, I'd have sucked. Yeah, I think, I'd, yeah. I think I'd have would, eaten, yeah. I'd have eaten the claws to get less years, but the full, full no movement for the entirety of it and the fucking, the distance eight years, like fucking hell, man, that's, that, that seems like a, <laughs> again, his, again. His, his, his contract expires after in 2029 is when his contract expires. <laughs> that, that's still. I know we're in 2021, but that's fucking science fiction shit to me. Still, <laughs> again though, that's not going to be Ken Holland's problem, is it? Because he won't be there. So he'll be. He'll be he won't dead care. by then. <laughs> exactly. He won't be there. He'll be a sucking. He'll be sat on a fucking beach uh, drinking margaritas, not caring about life. Fucking hell! God, yeah, that's... eight years at a full no move. And again, I'm not. We just said he's not a bad player, but he's not eight years at full no move. Good. There's maybe five players in the league I'd give that to. <laughs> and he's not one of them. And, and even then, like, we're seeing with Jack Eichel why, like, yeah, you probably shouldn't give uh, full no moves to anyone because yeah. anything can fucking happen. Like, imagine if Eichel had a no move right now. Be mad. Jesus Christ. Jesus. Dangerous. Yeah, that's... It's so dangerous. You are right, though. <laughs> and we've said we've said this before. It's easy to look at the numbers and go in, fucking, you're mad. Like you say, though, you look at that fucking roster, that forward roster, who, and you're going who through are they basically for that number. Who's anyone? Yeah, exactly. Getting... Who are you going to sign for five million? Who will guarantee you the points that Nugent Hopkins has done in that system for the past three or four years? There's nobody. So if you don't have him, you're then going down to Kyle Torres, basically. That's your next centre, or like oh you know your next God, prop. Yeah. Because, like we've said, I mean. Dryside on his I mean, do you put Dryside on his own line then and make it work? I don't know, but then you haven't got the players to put around Dryside either. Like That's that's the problem. If you take Dryside if you take take out Newton Hopkins and put Dryside on his own line on own line, like yeah, yeah Kyle Yamamoto has been fantastic. But that was with Dryside and R and H. Like, were you gonna put fucking yeah. Josh Archibald there? Like it's not it's not a good look. Not a good look, but they, no. they they have resigned him, so yeah. So I excuse it to a certain extent. I really do. But fucking hell, Ken I like Holland. it. Do you Ken know, Holland I like it more than I hate it. I think so. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I think it's it's a it's Ken Holland. It's a, that's a Ken Holland contract yeah. right there. That's exactly right. what you feared was going to happen, and that is. Just, you know what? You're fucking right. I just realised what you're getting at as well. Fuck, you're so right. It's it's a death knell. It's the death knell. It is showing that Ken Holland hasn't learned a fucking thing from his time in Detroit. And in a few God. years, we're going to be looking at the Edmonton Oilers with, he's going to fucking re-sign James Neal next year to a six-year contract. Like, you know, whatever <laughs> it's going to be, they're just going to be like the Red Wings were. Maybe, you know, maybe getting, getting into the playoffs, but then just anchored down with these deadweight contracts with fucking bullshit players. Yeah, you're right. That's an excellent point. Well, quickly mention... Wayne Simmons back in Toronto for nine hundred grand. Uh, for, is that for two years? Isn't it? Or two years? Yeah. No, that's for two years. I oh. uh, again, I can kind of see why they've done it. I'm not really keen on it. Um, there, there's only so much hate I can have for a sub one million dollar contract, though. Do you know what I mean? That's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, 
I don't agree for with content, that. I wouldn't... For content off. reason, I'm praying, he gets a, I'm praying he gets a full no move as well, just for content, because that would just be hilarious. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, but... it's unconfirmed as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's unconfirmed. That's the weird thing. It's not. It must be full. I think they're going to try and release that on a Friday at 4.59. Oh, <laughs> oh by doubt. the way, just where I forget. Okay, bye. See you this weekend. Bye-bye. And that's it. I mean, kind of what else are they going to do? They need NHL players and he's still an NHL player-ish. I just, I don't understand that the thing that everybody said when they signed him last year was he's going to get injured at some point and then he won't be as good. And he did and he wasn't. And now he's a year older. So, but then what else are they going to do? Fucking play the record. They've got too much money tied up in too few players. So this is what they've got to do. They've got to scrape and scratch and claw for these sort of bottom deals that they can find. It's it's one of those free agent contracts because he's effectively a free agent. It's one of them free agent yeah. contracts signed every year where it's like, okay, contracts, whatever, because it's sub one mil. It's about what your coach does with the player now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about, you know, that contract only becomes a problem. Like the fact that you've signed Wayne Simmons only becomes a problem if Sheldon Keith refuses to take him out of the lineup, even if he's dog shit. Because, yeah, like, yeah if and with him making. With him making that money, they can bury him in the AHL, can't they? Without actually yeah. having to, they so, can they can even just have him as a healthy healthy scratch. It's not gonna, well, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, you're an extra two hundred grand on league minimum. Wow, wow, like, yeah, I, I, I'm with you though. It's it's one of those. I was just like, mm, have we have we learned any lessons? Really, <laughs> that's the worry. Yeah. Well, quickly, okay, yeah, quickly, a couple of awards to look at, just quickly. Nothing, again, we kind of avoid the awards because, as I said, there's so many things on this show that we probably should cover, but we're just like, why? Like, you want to hear about this? Really? Who cares? Interesting, though, that Adam Fox has won the Norris, which I think is a pleasant surprise. The second player to win the Norris before his third NHL season, within his first three NHL seasons. Wow. Do you know who the other one was? Christ. Oh, Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, of course. There you go. Okay. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Which, I which guess is he's crazy. a decent company. A pretty, pretty decent company. Yeah, both won it after their um, after their first, uh, after their second seasons, rather. Yeah, to me, fair play to him. And then the... Um, the other one that actually annoyed me was the fact that Conor McDavid got 100 first place votes out of 100, which I'm furious about because it means there's nobody to rail on on this show. I'm furious for content reasons, not because he deserved it, because he did. But I'm just annoyed that there wasn't one analytical boffin out there who said something about his two-way game or something and then gave it to, I don't know, fucking McKinnon or something. Oh, I haven't even looked at the... Uh, there's got to be something in there. There's got to be something in there where somebody gave... It's really, Honestly, there really isn't anything that egregious, honestly. It's it's very frustrating. <laughs> I'm very annoyed. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, UC Saros getting fucking heart votes. Like, come on, mate. Let's. let's be I think realistic. he said, I think he. I know. I think he deserved a couple. Like, you know, the odd fifth place vote era there, dude. He was yeah. really good. He got a fucking third place vote though, for, which for me is like Jesus Christ. But Doom then again, though, like we're, we're talking most valuable. Again, that's the most valuable compared to best, yeah. isn't it? Which we're yeah, not going to yeah, do yeah. again, but. You could argue, without a shadow of a doubt, he is way more valuable to that team than somebody like Nathan McKinnon is when they've got other players around him who can do the, you know, do a good job. So yes, no, that's that is fair play. That is fair play. I did very, uh, 
very disappointed that the Kaprizov ran away with the Calder so uh, so violently. Yeah, but again, though, he was... He was, he was like annoying flashy, him from wasn't his... he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, whereas Jason Robertson is just suddenly becoming a very good NHL player, and he's just kind of going about a business where Kaprizov's doing highlight shit. I, said, I mean, Robertson still had his skill moments, but yeah, you combine the way Kaprizov plays with the fact that he was he had his name fucking half-etched on the trophy from, from fucking training camp, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Robertson got one first place vote, so that that'll do me. That'll do me. Two fourth place votes, which I think is fucking criminal. Who came second and third in the fourth place one? Nadelkovic. Uh, Nadelkovic, uh, then Josh Norris, then Igor Shosturkin. Right. Nah, I'm not having that. Yeah, that's I can get annoyed about that, <laughs> but only, <laughs> only only kind of, not enough. Only a little bit, as as annoyed as you can get about the fucking Calder. I can't believe... Um, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I, I totally can believe, but Alexis Lafreniere, nowhere. Not even, not a single vote. Is our... <laughs> not that I wish ill on the boy. I don't wish ill on the boy at all. But we did, we were saying last year, You just we're just hoping he turns into an absolute bust. <laughs> just because... <laughs> we're due a bust. We're due a big bust. We're due one. We are due one, aren't we? I, mean, I think he'll be fine. Thing. I think I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he'll work it out. Uh, last couple of little bits. Steve Dangle retweeted an unbelievable statistic the other day, which I richly, I richly, I really had to go and check, which was that Ottawa, Montreal, Calgary, Vancouver, and Edmonton have been in the Stanley Cup Finals since the Leafs last won a round in the playoffs. Jesus fucking Christ! That, that alone on top of everything else in regards to the Leafs, that stat alone was one that... The the one that's come out about, you know, oh, it's been this many days. Did you know since they last... You know, since they were last won a playoff round, this has happened, or all that kind of thing. That stat is the one that made me sit up and take notice. That five of the, five of the other six teams in Canada have been to a final since they've won a round. That is fucking insane. Yeah, that's, that's fucking madness. And had a great indictment of just how shit the fucking Leafs have been. Well, that's why they're the centre of the hockey universe, Will, clearly, because of all the success they've had. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? I, like I keep saying, Toronto being called the centre of the hockey universe is a self-fulfilling prophecy. I keep saying this to people. If all Canadian media moved to Quebec, well, then that would become the centre of the hockey universe. If they all just moved to Montreal, that would become the it's. The reason it's the Central Hockey Universe is because all the media stuff is there. That's why. And then they just cover it, and then they make they fuck up, so they have to cover that, and then they fuck up, and it just keeps going around in a circle. That's why. I'm surprised that I am surprised that some of these maybe news corporations or big businesses haven't decided to leave. Like, why are we covering this team? They don't <laughs> don't do anything. We should go somewhere else. <laughs> like, it's it's because it's there's not. Um, I mean, for the Canadians at least, is there another team that's particularly doing anything that's worth covering i wouldn't say so dude i think no i think i think if you're just looking for news dude vancouver for sure or ottawa how much fucking wacky shit goes on in ottawa if we're just talking news it's fucking ottawa without a doubt yeah has brendan shanahan tried to sue a yacht captain yet because of a failed trip over christmas in barbados no Uh, he hasn't unfortunately not unfortunately not (laughs) exactly exactly that's the news i want to hear 
Has fucking, I don't know, has fucking Travis Dermott set a fight to somebody at a barbecue? No, he hasn't. <laughs> you know? I, I, I wish he had. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe we, maybe we should move it to Ottawa. We'll, we'll, start, we'll start a petition. We'll start a GoFundMe for, like, TSN and Sportsnet to move to Ottawa so they can actually cover a team that's really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last thing, we'd be remiss. We would be remiss as proud British people in some cases. So Liam Kirk, Liam Kirk, the boy wonder from Sheffield, has got himself an ELC with the Coyotes. He's only gone and fucking done it. The mad lad's gone gone and done it. The mad lad's gone and done it. He's only gone and done it. And this is going to sound, this will sound like a kind of like a backhanded compliment, but it's good that he's in Arizona because they actually do have, like, he will get time there and games and all that kind of thing. I think if he was like in the King system or, or like the Leafs or. Uh, the Ranger system or something, he might struggle to kind of get a real look. But I think the Coyotes, it's one of those things where it's actually going to work out well for him because he's going to get plenty of game time and plenty to do. And he should have got an ELC. After the way he performed at the Worlds, like without question, like straight away they were thinking, actually, yeah, we got something with this kid. Like he could be really good. He needs to bulk out a little bit. He's tall, but he's very, as your good self, sir, you know, (laughs) he's very spry. He has to run around in the shower to get wet, as we've mentioned before. (laughs) I think he just needs to <clears throat> and not get fucking huge. That's not like a hockey thing. You don't have to be the biggest guy, but he just needs to get a bit of hockey strength behind him. And I think he'll be I think he'll be fine. It's but it's just fucking amazing news. I'm so proud of the kid. It's fa- it's fantastic. I would have been really disappointed if he didn't get one off the back of his world's performance because you've seen shitter older players get contracts based off of worse performances. Two, three, four years' time. I think I think he's on he's on as good of a track as you could possibly ask. To get absolutely that, to get that fucking first AHL game at some point, I, he's, chances are he's not going to turn into like a producer at the NHL level, but by any stretch of the imagination. But fucking hell, even just imagine. And see, I'm like, not so sure now. I'm not so sure. I know. <clears throat> seeing I know. the way he was at the Worlds, after seeing the way he was at the Worlds, I'm now thinking, oh, actually, if he's handled properly, we got something here for sure. Fucking if if players like Tim Thomas. You know, Sean Thornton to an extent, you know, can carve out can carve out careers late into their uh you know, professional career, you know, can carve out NHL careers. Fucking Tim Thomas can win a Vesna when he's like thirty four or something. Anything can fucking happen, can't it? Yeah, definitely. I wonder how many people as well are gonna be riding off the back of his coattails now from the UK, claiming that they're responsible. Like the, the hockey media in the UK oh, as well, yeah. trying to claim like there is fucking best mate or oh yeah we've been supporting this kid for ages. It's all where we're so, you know like just trying to fucking sponge off him and stuff. Be careful of the vultures, Liam. Be careful of the vultures, okay? <laughs> just concentrate on your game, mate. Don't don't talk to BBC Sport because they they've got nothing for you. No, they can fuck off. <laughs> they can get bent. And then the last thing is one British sports person does fantastic work in the world of hockey. Casey Trail, British female athlete, goes 25th overall in the NWHL draft to the Buffalo Buttes, the first ever British player to go in the uh, in the draft in, in the NWHL. So fucking no, shout fucking out to right. you as well, Casey. Yeah. I, I, I didn't even know. Shout, shout out and big up to Casey. Fucking. Yeah. Go on, this morning. Girl. I got uh, the girls from Saucy Rockets tagged me in and said, oh my God, have you seen this? I was like, holy shit, no way. A girl That's... from the north of England as well. You see, and Liam Kirk's in the north of England. You see, well, you fucking poxy southerners. What have you ever done for this country? Ever? Seriously. We ain't, we ain't got any fucking ice rinks down here, mate. That's the fucking problem. 
Yeah, of course you don't. It's all too posh. It's all fucking squash and higher life. That's your problem. That that is that is absolutely it. I the amount of highlight <laughs> I played as a as a boy growing up. It's just high, highlight and polo all the way all the way down. Highlight and polo, yeah. I'll tell you, mate, where I live, you couldn't fucking move for hockey rinks. Honestly, every street corner, mate. You could it was it was all you could do to try and find some ice time anywhere. No wonder these northern players are making it in America. This is this is it, mate. It's the, the northern privilege that we're all talking about. Yeah, it's the, it's the northern ice hockey privilege. We always said it's a working class man sport, didn't we? <laughs> I've just seen fucking um, cases from South Shields. She is. Oh no, no, South Shields. That's that's um, that's a uh, what's the word? Newcastle way. Yeah, that's exactly what I was looking for. No, I thought I thought she might have been in Kirky, Kirky country. I'm, I'm, it's going to be funny when she turns up to her first day of training or something and they're all, oh, hey, Casey. And she goes, I'll read Pat, how you doing? <laughs> and they're going to go, what? <laughs> if you don't know, folks, the Newcastle accent is quite broad and quite, uh, it can be quite hard to understand sometimes. We need to get, uh, we need to get a Scouse, Scouse player in, in the hockey universe at some point. Oh, could you imagine that? would be so, just a full-on Scouser from like the from like the back streets of Kirby. That would be so good. Or like Toxton. Or disturbingly Scouse. Yeah. Dis- <laughs> yeah, offensively Scouse. <laughs> oh, dear. The, the, the NHL team rescinds their pick as soon as he uh, does like his post, post-draft interview. It's like, oh, f- fuck it. I mean, we didn't interview him. <laughs> We did, we did an email interview. Didn't realise it was like this. Jesus Christ. Yeah. We didn't realise that's how we spoke. <laughs> due to, right, due to concerns with character issues, we have uh, <laughs> our draft rights to this player. The character issue is we have no idea what he's saying, so he might be telling us something really bad, but we can't tell. <laughs> we cannot clarify what he's saying, so it's, uh, yeah, for, for the safety of the organisation. <laughs> okay. Oh, fantastic. There we go, though. British hockey. Fucking shout out, Kirky, and shout out to Casey. Great stuff. Look out, Canada. We're taking over. That's it. You know what what the Brits are like? We love love taking things over. We love claiming it as our own. The British are coming, after all, to be fair. It is true. It is true. First the Euros, next the NHL and the the NWHL. Oh, dearie me. All right. There we go. Thank you for listening, everybody. Will, any last words? Uh, it's, It's coming home. It's coming home. It is, in fact, coming home packed show this week thank everybody we will talk to you next week peace